Welcome to Total Retail Talks, your podcast channel for retail knowledge. Hello and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Talks. I'm Joe Keenan, the Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I'm pleased to be joined on today's episode by Chris Fox, who is the Chief Sustainability Officer at Haynes Brand. Uh, Chris and I are going to talk about the recently released 2022 Sustainability Summary Report from Haynes Brand, as well as kind of just the general uh, progress that that company has been making towards its stated sustainability goals. So uh, I thank you for joining me today, Chris. My pleasure, Joe. Thanks thanks so much for having me. Uh, Look forward to the discussion. So I mentioned your title, Chief Sustainability Officer. If you could go into a little bit about your role within Haynes Brands and and really why it's important that a position such as yours exists within the company. Yeah. Um, so so a number of questions in there. Uh, I, I've uh, I've actually been with Haynes a long time. I've been here for uh, pushing 25 years, um, and and actually a, a lawyer by training. Spent a lot of time within our law department doing kind of more CSR and kind of pure compliance um, work. You know, really with kind of a lawyer's hat on. Um, but but o- over time, as as the the issues around compliance and ESG and sustainability have have continued to to, to grow and expand and become more complex. Um, about two and a half years ago, I was actually pulled pulled out of the law department and now report into the business um, to to the head of our supply chain um, and, and have the title now of, of chief sustainability officer. So that gives us a little bit of a background within your particular uh, piece of the business and and what your day-to-day looks like. Um, I mentioned at the outset that Haynes Brands recently released its 2022 Sustainability Summary Report. So uh, I'm sure you've spent a lot of time on that. (laughs) Exactly. So with that in mind, I'd love for you to give the audience some of the highlights, some of the things that you reported in that uh, year-end report. Yeah, no, happy to, Joe. And, uh, um, you know, about, as I said, when, when I was actually um, um, handed the title of Chief Sustainability Officer about two and a half years ago, uh, was at the time that we launched um, a new, much more aggressive set of 2025 and 2030 sustainability goals. And, um, you know, really built around three main pillars of people, planet, and and product. Um, and, and in people... Our, our 2030 goal is to impact um, at least 10 million people um, through a, a range of our people-focused efforts from D, DEI to workplace equality, health and wellness, education, et cetera, um, and, and, and it made a lot of progress in just those first couple of years. And in fact, we, we calculate that on our goal to hit 10, we're already about at 2.7. And, and a lot of that as well through um, the, the large amount of product donations that, that we make to people in need. And uh, so, uh, you know, really proud to say that we're well on our path to, um, to, to, to hitting that 10 million goal by 2030. Um, in, the, in the planet pillar, um, we have set science-based targets to reduce our scope one, two, and three emissions. And, um, and in particular, really pleased to report um, after, you know, just a couple of years uh, of, uh, of setting these goals, we've already reduced our scope one and two emissions by, by 30% on, on, a, on a road to, to getting to a 50% reduction by 2030. And we're working aggressively now on, um, on our scope three emissions as well. 
Um, and, and I would call out as, as well the, uh, in the product pillar, they've had a heavy focus on reducing packaging, reducing packaging weight and getting out of single use plastics and um, made a lot of great progress there as well. Our, our goal by, um, by 2025 is to, um, is to reduce packaging weights by, uh, by 25% and to eliminate single-use plastics. And, and um, as of 2022, we're, we've already reduced packaging weight by 11%, and we're at 34% reduction of single-use plastics. So, um, you know, really important to us, and, and I think it's really important to, to all companies that are, are serious about the sustainability space to, to actively set goals um, actively set very metrics-driven goals and to report on them um, at least yearly, but to give both their, their internal stakeholders and, and those externally um, a, a, a really good view into, into the progress that you're making and, and at times in the challenges that you're seeing. And so reporting transparently along the way, we think is really, really important. Yeah, just to follow up there on that reporting transparency, that last piece that you were talking about, Chris, and congrats, first of all, to you and, and the Haynes brand team, uh, Haynes brands for the, the progress that you've already made and continue to make here in this area. But what is that in terms of getting that reporting out to your, I guess it's employees, it's customers, it's the markets at large, um, that you're, you know, how do you handle that in terms of getting that word out into, you know, it's things, I guess, like your 2022 sustainability summary report. Is it other right. ways that you're getting this out to those uh, invested stakeholders? Yeah, so uh, that, that summary report is is actually found on um, our sustainability website, and it's um, hbisustains.com. And, and so that is our real deep dive reporting tool. And uh, would certainly encourage you and your listeners to go take a look at that. Um, there's a tremendous amount of detail um, in there across the work, uh, or, or, or yeah, across the work that we're doing um, throughout each of those three pillars. And it's in that website um, that you'll also find in the 2030 goal section, the summary report that you just referenced, Joe. So we believe that for 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 us, and I've been a strong proponent of it for years that the, the best way to, to communicate the work that you're doing um, is through a, a website because it is far more of a real-time tool um, that we constantly update um, versus the, the real deep dive static written report that a lot of folks do. And nothing wrong with doing it that way, but, but we've, uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on, on, on our communication to a broad audience through a website. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things that you talked about, Chris, was the goals that you've set as an organization. Maybe a couple part question here. Juan, talk a little bit about the process for establishing those goals. How did you come up with, you know, some of the, the numbers that you put out there? So talk about kind of the process there. And then the second part of that is, do you reevaluate every year on, you know, does this goal still, is this a viable goal? Should we be adjusting our target? Talk about the process for setting goals and then evaluating their viability as time progresses. You know, two, two, two really good questions, Joe, honestly. Um, and, and so let me take the, the, the first one first. Um, we went through 
it was a good six to eight month process in setting those goals back in 2020, where we actually leaned on some external consulting resources to help us do it. Um, and, and in particular, to do a lot of benchmarking work, uh, to understand what others in our industry were doing, what others in other related industries are, are doing as well. And, and so we, we went through that kind of lengthy benchmarking exercise and, uh, and then it was, was at the time, it wasn't my boss, my boss now, a gentleman named Mike Faircloth that, that probably really took the lead in working with that consulting company, getting those goals on the page. Uh, but then at the end of the day, because we, we did report them very openly and very transparently on the website, um, it was signed off on by our senior team and actually went up into the board level as well. Um, so we, we felt it important to, to, to not only set really aggressive goals, but to make sure that we had the buy-in of our senior team and even the board level before we went public with them. And then that second one about just kind of continually monitoring progress towards goals. Do the goals still make sense in the current day? Talk a little bit about that in terms of evaluation. Yeah, it's a, it, again, it, it's, it, it's a great question because listen, back in 2020, we were setting uh, you know a, a range of goals that, that had a 10 year runway right to 2030. And a lot can happen in 10 years. And, 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 and what I've said to a, a number of folks um, recently, and I, and I absolutely believe this to be true, that, um, and, and in our industry in particular, I think that there are gonna be a lot of technological innovations in the next five to seven years that will radically change games in, in potentially in a number of the goals that we set. And so um, I, I think that there are some real potential opportunities around using um, recycled cotton at much larger scale. There's also some really interesting work being done on polyester that is not fossil fuel based that is bio-based. And so we're, we are evaluating these every year. And in, and in fact, we found with, with recycled polyester, our recycled polyester goal, that because of market forces, quite frankly, there's way more demand for it than supply. And the fact that kind of Econ 101 took over and dramatically cranked up the price of that, that uh, it, it just became in the short term unviable. And so we did push our, our polyester goal um, out from 2025 to 2030, still fully committed to it, but uh, the recognition that because uh, in the short term, market forces made it um, a, a real challenge to get there on the initial clock and, and the fact that, that others in the industry had much longer term goals for that as well um, drove us to, uh, to continue the commitment, but to, uh, to push it back some. And, yeah. and I think that that's a good example of, of us stepping back and, and, and looking at what makes sense almost every year um, as we move forward. No, it's a great example of how, you know, what's what's potentially realistic given the right. market conditions that exist. And I think that's that speaks to what I was getting at. So I appreciate that example, Chris. Um, so you've you've put out these stated goals. They're public. Like, here's what we want to do. Um, the, the, the next part is is keeping yourself accountable and keeping a scorecard of how you're progressing against those goals. Tell us a little bit about what that's like internally at Haynes Brand for 
for measuring performance against the stated goals that you have when it comes to sustainability? So we have, um, and again, as you can see on the website, go to that 2030 goal section, you'll see our goals laid out in detail. Um, but but uh, again, they're typically either 2025 or 2030 goals. Um, we have internal yearly goals. So we're tracking um, internal benchmarks and metrics on a yearly basis to track our progress uh, against those longer term goals. Um, but importantly, just uh, you know, almost the, the title of the session, um, we have been committed over the last two years and have every anticipation of continuing to do it going forward. We're going to report um, our progress every year against those goals um, transparently with updates to the website. And, and honestly, we think that the, the best way to hold yourself accountable um, is to hold yourself accountable publicly, what, you know, the, whether it be good, bad, or, or, or somewhere in between. So the, the, the mere exercise of knowing that um, me and my team, knowing that we're going to have to report against that progress publicly, um, that's really good incentive for us to, to continue to be focused on, uh, on making real good progress against the goals. Yep. It shows you what you're working towards, right? And you, exactly. to your point, it's, it's good, bad, indifferent. You're, you're still going to report on it. So it that's keeps right. you honest. That's right. So you mentioned a couple, a couple examples already. I'd love for you to talk you know, probably at several examples, but I'd love for me to share one or two uh, sustainability initiatives that you've launched at Haynes Brands that you're particularly proud of. Yeah, so so one that we just literally in the last couple of weeks launched um, is uh, is what we're calling the I'm In campaign with our, our 50,000 global associates around the world. And, and they're, you know, from everywhere from here, the States, Australia, Latin America, Vietnam, where we've got sizable uh, manufacturing facilities, um, and 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 to to engage our employees in this work, which which we think is is really really important. That there's a you know a critical aspect of the company itself working on sustainability initiatives, uh, but there's a lot that every one of us individually can do. So the idea is, and we're literally calling it the I'm in campaign, is to try and get all 50,000 of our global associates um, to commit to doing at least one sustainability initiative in e each of the three pillars, the people, planet, and product pillar. And so, you know, for example, um, in the people pillar, will you volunteer eight hours in your local community? Will you give a pint of blood? In planet or product is will you wash your call your clothes only in cold water? Will you carpool? Will you uh, use public transportation? And the idea is to get um, get all of these these associates of ours to to commit to at least um, one of those actions in each of the three pillars, and, and with the notion that you know even small things on an individual basis when you roll them up across lots and lots of people. Well, you can make a real difference. And uh, we think that that's, uh, that's uh, we're just launching it now, uh, but we're really excited about it. And we think we're going to have um, a, a, a really sizable impact and, and engage our employees to kind of jump, jump on the sustainability train along with us. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that kind of getting your your employees to buy in, really jump on board and go full force with the, the mission that you've set up. I want to come back to that in a second. But one question I did have in terms of, is there an area of the business where you look at it and you think, and you've identified, here's where we need to pay 
even greater attention to this this goal of sustainability. Um, particularly, you need to ramp up progress, whether it's supply chain or packaging or whatever the case may be. Um, and then how do you factor in planning for that and allocating resources of it to one particular area? Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, I'll tell you, I, I think especially now, um, our focus is, and, and because of this focus, it, it drives you heavily towards energy, greenhouse gas emissions, and, and packaging. Um, how can we help drive this organization to use less? And the, the best thing that any of us can do in the vast majority of the sustainability space is to use less. And if you use less energy, you are going to produce less greenhouse gases. Um, if you use less packaging, um, you're going to use fewer resources, oftentimes natural resources, wood, pulp, paper. Um, but, but probably just as importantly, if not more importantly, you're going to save a bunch of money. If you don't use it, you don't pay for it, right? You never bring it in your door. And we have proven in the last 15 plus years, um, because we've had a hyper focus on energy reduction, um, which is why you see kind of the great progress that we have around energy use and around scope one and two emissions. Um, because we've had that hyper focus and that hyper focus has led to a lot of renewable um, energy projects in, in the factories that we actually own. And let's, uh, let's talk about that in, in a minute, just a little bit more. Um, we've literally saved hundreds of millions of dollars. And we are in the packing, packaging example, taking that, that same spirit, that same philosophy, that if we can first and foremost look at how we can use less and spend less, um, will not only immediately impact our bottom line, but we're very likely to hit our sustainability goals. And, and so right now, a, a hyper-focus again on how can we use less and save money um, by, by driving our sustainability initiatives. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because you're right. You know, to your point, doing what's good and what's right for the planet can also make a lot of financial sense yeah, for absolutely. the business as a whole, right? We're not mutually yeah. exclusive. Absolutely, and honestly, we're living proof of that. And, and and as I was mentioning just a minute or two ago, what what makes us unique in this space and gives us the ability to do that, especially on the energy side, is that we own so much of our own factory capacity, which is really unusual in the apparel space. Um, about two thirds of our total unit capacity. Um, comes out of, or our total unit volume comes out of factories that we actually own, um, back to the textile mill. And so we've got two big textile mills, one in Dominican Republic and one in El Salvador, uh, both of which have big renewable biomass uh, steam and power plants attached to them. And so our, our dollar invested in those projects has, been, has generated the ROI that goes right back in our pockets. And so we're at an advantage in this space as a company because we've got a pretty unique supply chain in that most of it is actually owned and not contracted like much of the rest of the industry. So you've talked a lot about the three pillars that you've identified around which your sustainability goals 
really live at Haynes brand. So people, planet, and product. Getting back to the employee piece, how do you get the team and the organization at large to, to buy into those pillars and the work that needs to be done in, to achieve your goals in each one of the three pillars? Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, Joe, kind of going back to, to my comments on, on owning our own supply chain, um, it, it, it's really started literally decades ago, right? We, we're a company that's been around 100 plus years um, that at its core started, continues to be, um, you know, heavily focused as, as a manufacturing uh, company. We've got a manufacturing backbone. And so this isn't new to us. Um, we're, we're, you know, obviously absolutely very um, focused on the consumer and the front end of the business and our full potential program. Um, but um, but we've got a long history of being a manufacturer. Um, so it's not new to us. And, and, and that's a huge advantage, right? There are a lot of companies out there that are literally just in the last couple of years starting to dip their toe in this space. Um, but um, because we've been doing it so long and, and many of our employees have been long, along for that ride. Um, we've had the benefit of, of years and years of developing employee engagement around it. Um, that said, that's one of the reasons why we're so excited about the I'm, I'm In campaign. Um, you know, we, we do believe that the space is, is a lot more or should be a lot more than passively reporting on what progress a company has made versus engaging your employee and, and potentially consumers. We're really excited about, um, about taking the, the I'm in concept, concept out to our consumers and, and having them actively engaged in the work and the importance of the work. And, and we think by, by really focusing on that active engagement element um, we're, we're, we're likely to, to, to not only drive real value there and real and make a real difference there, but continue to get engagement and buy-in to our corporate level work. Uh, and, and that's the whole idea around I'm in. Um, to, to, uh, uh, you know, time will tell a little bit on, on the, the overall success of that. We, we've just kicked it off. Um, but but my, my strong inclination is that's going to be really well received and uh, and that we're going to get a lot of participation and excitement around it. Yeah, and I guess the other piece of it is the the engagement and what you're hearing from the consumer too. Like this Absolutely. matters to them. The work that you're doing in this. Absolutely. It, yeah. Yeah, and and so you know the 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 challenge, and this was literally the challenge of of our senior team when we presented the the I'm in idea to them for our associates, their, their immediate response was, hey, that's really cool. Um, how could we do the same with a whole bunch of our consumers, right? And, and um, you know, across across our brands, whether it be Champion, Haynes, Bally, um, Bonds, our Australian brands, um, you know, how do we um, how do we potentially um, engage the consumer in a way that um, that they're actively engaged in in the work that our brands are doing um so more to come there but but uh could, could could absolutely see that being a next step in this idea great well i want to take the opportunity to thank chris fox who's the chief sustainability officer at haynes brand for joining us on this episode of total retail talks it's really been a uh, uh enlightening conversation about the work that uh 
Chris and his team at Haynes Brand are doing and helping the organization achieve the sustainability goals that it's already set and uh, working towards goals in the future as well. So thanks for joining me today, Chris. Uh, thank you, John. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Total Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Talks.